and welcome back to the Shreya Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hendrickson, and I'm back with Miss Sandy Dixon. Thank you for being here. You're welcome. Love being on. Today, we are going to dive into controlling the critic in our heads from a practical astrology's perspective. Yes. So what can you really tell me about, I guess, first, does everyone have internal critic or is it just some of us lucky enough to experience that? I, I haven't met a single person that doesn't have their internal critic. It's part of what makes our brains work, right? We're trying to problem solve or we're trying to um, make sure that we stay safe and secure. And that's part of that internal critic. But a, critic might be maybe even too harsh of a word for some people because they go, oh, I don't criticize myself. I just know the facts. I see it very practically and I move on. However, when we talk about in astrology, people who have a lot of earth in their chart, this critic can get even louder. And that's not to say that other elements, other signs don't also have a heavy critic. But since we're talking mainly about earth, we've talked about water already. We've talked about fire. And so in this case, we get to really focus in on earth and people's charts and how that can show up as more of that internal critic. And those would be the signs of Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. And when I say that, it doesn't mean, oh, well, I'm a Taurus, Sandy, and I don't have an internal critic, or I don't have that strong of an internal critic. I'm not talking about just your sun sign. I'm looking at any type of that influence of Taurus or Virgo, Virgo or Capricorn, particularly in your rising, your sun sign or your moon sign, Remember, that is like your soul and your ego and your emotional body. Those pieces can really amp up that internal judger in your head. So what are some of the characteristics of these earth signs? And how can we start to, I guess, look for them in ourselves to see where we may be kind of getting stuck with this critic? I like that question because not all of us know our charts, right? But you can determine if these things sort of fall in your wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. So first I would ask, like in Taurus's mm -hmm. case, um, does that critic become more fixed in nature? What I mean by that is that stubbornness. They get, they latch onto something and they won't let go. Things have to be in a certain order for them to follow their routines, follow their rituals. Otherwise the world seems to be in chaos. And mm -hmm. So they might project it a little bit more at first, like, oh my gosh, you've totally messed up my schedule. Oh my gosh, I can't, I can't function like this because you didn't put the towel in the right place or the, or the dishes in the right place. Um, but that internal critic is still going on and it's really a part of what they need. So Taurus might project it a little bit more, but it is, it is a critic as to keep mm -hmm. them safe. And a Virgo, unfortunately, has the highest version of this critic when it's in its low form or low road state. So it's if you have, if you've ever felt that you just can't turn the volume down on your internal critic, you are constantly trying to control everything in your life in order to try to make it better, more perfect in some way. That is that um, could be that higher Virgo influence inside your chart. 
And usually when I work with clients who have so much Virgo in their chart, it's baby steps of how we can actually get that um, voice to dial down a little bit. These are the people that might struggle with food a lot. Um, I didn't say in Taurus's case, they might be physically sensitive to things like tags in their clothes. They can't stand them. Um, the way things fall onto their skin, it's just a, a physically sensitive piece. But while a Virgo sensitivity is, it could be a lot with food. Um, if you had food intolerances as a kid, or you grew up um, and found out that you have certain food allergies, or your relationship to food, uh, there's a strong tie to that Virgo in your chart. If I'm hearing those stories come up in people's um, readings where they say, yes, I'm always on a diet or I uh, restrict my calories or I'm really conscious about um, everything I put inside my body, anything health related, I'm looking to see that Virgo influence. Mm -hmm. And then Capricorn, the last of the earth signs, they are the ones who their critic is because they're trying to reach that excellent state. It's a, a need to have almost the status of how they are seen and represented. Now, for those of you listening that might be Capricornian and you're saying, oh, I don't care about status. I want you to ask yourself the question, do you constantly strive to do things in such a way that they're not perfect enough? They're like, um, you don't want your work to be seen as less than by anybody, mm -hmm. or you just know that your work is better than everybody else's. You don't need anybody else to come in because you probably critique yourself harder than anybody else could in order to stay on top, in order to give your best. And so that serious nature, that workaholic nature, that controlling nature can come through because you are trying to um, work with that internal critic. Mm -hmm. To me, I think a Capricornian's internal critic isn't as um, bashing, like uh, guilt ridden. It's more of you just get shit done. You got to get it done. I mean, right. we have no other choice. This is what we do. Work harder, do better, do more. So if you have those type of personality traits, I would look to see where Capricorn is playing inside your chart. I know people in my personal life that I can see these glaringly obvious show showing up in, and they all are in those, um, in those signs, sun signs. Sun signs. Yeah, yeah. Cause I don't know anyone's chart, like what's going on in their chart. Um, but it's interesting too, because I see a lot of those characteristics in myself mm. and I don't know anything about Capricorn or too much about Taurus in my chart. I know I have a lot of Virgo, I think, but, um, it's just interesting. So although I'm a fire sign, right. And we've talked about that and my moon sign is water. I see a lot of these earth sign characteristics in me. And that's the way that I move through life. A really good point, Ashley, is that this earth quality of having structure is a mainstay for all of us. We need to have a container of some sort. Mm -hmm. So even if your chart doesn't quote unquote show earth, right off the bat, there are elements or pieces that you might have already put into play in your lifetime that show how to have structure. 
how to have a container. And we can all probably think of somebody in our life or many people in our life that have no container, that have no boundaries, and they need more of this earth. Those that seem to like shoo, 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 off into the, the ethers and things, and you want to like pull them down physically and say, I need to give you some roots. I got to get you in here. And yes. you and I are both in the healing community, and there are many people in the healing community because they're so good at tapping into other people's emotions mm -hmm. and being so empathic, the boundaries may not be there. They may not have learned how to do that. And so that earth quality is, I wouldn't say missing. It's just not being activated or utilized or maybe even taught to them. So it's really important whether you think you have earth in your chart or not, we all need it. We need some sort of container and direction to say, kerplunk, we're here in this human body. And that's what earth signs are all about is how to do this human while we're here instead of just residing up in our head or going out to the feeling ethers and trying to do all the watery stuff. We're, yeah. We come back to this body. So you said something that I was already curious about. You said learn. And I was curious if you had been maybe raised by a strong earth sign do you pick up some of those characteristics potentially, even though it's not maybe built into your chart or are they things that like someone who's a water who doesn't have good boundaries, like you said, maybe come aware of the fact that they don't have good boundaries and they seek out how to, to learn some of these more earth type characteristics. I tell some of my clients that where I see that they can struggle with earth or it's hard for them to access it to tap into their friends that have more earth. Mm -hmm. And if they are aware of it, they know the difference. They know the friends or the family members to go to, to find that stability, that structure. Right. Uh, it's just a needed element. But to your point, if you were raised by parents, let's take an example that you had two very earth driven parents and they wanted things a certain way. You had to clean your room always. You had to make sure your clothes were a certain way. In fact, they probably, if they had a Capricorn in their chart or Virgo, they might not even have let you touch those things. They would do it themselves. So everything was rigid. Everything was put in its place. Mm -hmm. You can see how possibly the child could rebel, depending on what their chart is like, to say this isn't comfortable for them. If they had a lot of air or fire in their chart, they might be like, <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm doing things different. You go and knock your socks off, mom, and try to do all my laundry and do these things. I don't want to be a part of it, or I'm trying to break away from that earthly structure. Um, people that have a lot of what I call their Saturn influence, which is a very serious, very um, restrictive type of energy in order to have purpose, in order to go forward. Um, if it's in an earth sign, it means that you're trying to learn that. This is your time in life to say, can I get it? And if you've had a parent that was so Saturnian, that's so serious, you might want to push against it. Or you may find this completely acceptable and you say, I want more of this, or I don't know how to do life without this. And then you become very reliant on the other person giving you that earth. You don't know how to do your own laundry. You don't know how to cook for yourself. You don't know the first thing about keeping yourself healthy because you've had a parent or a parental figure that has done it always for you.
So it can go both ways. Yeah. Interesting. And you, you talked a little bit about food for Virgos, but um, when we're talking about earth and how it can show up in some of these behaviors or characteristics, um, personality traits, how does too little, so people who are fire and water, maybe um, too little earth, how does that show up in the way that we take care of ourselves, both like physically and just health in general? Okay, so let me see if I've, I've got the, your question correct here. If you had too little earth and you are struggling with boundaries, you're struggling with how to give yourself some structure, mm-hmm. it may start showing up in the food realm of things when you're having a relationship with food as um, no holds bar. Or you might have this yo-yo dieting yo-yo exercising, whatever you want to call it. That is, Mm -hmm. I'll take exercising out of that because that's more fire, but let's just take a look at the idea of going off and on, off and on, because you don't know how to give yourself those roots. So you might get very inspired. Maybe there's Virgo in your chart, but it's hard for you to access. And Virgo is a mutable sign. So it can go this way and that way. And, and it might say, yes, I, I know I need to do this. And then the critical voice starts and says, you better do this. You're, you're really messing yourself up if you don't get on the right healthy diet or restrict your uh, calorie count or start bringing in healthy food and dump all the junk in your refrigerator. So you go all at it and you would say, I'm cleaning out my cabinets and I'm going to go to a health coach and I'm doing this. And then like a week later, you fall off. And you Why don't is that? Well, that's other parts in their chart that would have to be saying, how can we teach you that these roots are actually obtainable? It's not an all or nothing. It's manageable steps, which I know you can relate to because Mm -hmm. when you work with your clients, you never want to get them from, as I think we talked last time from ground zero, all the way to the top of the mountain in one shot, you have to give them increments that are of success and building somebody's earth back in a healthy way is to show success each and every time. Yeah. A lot of Capricorn in your chart, you might say, this is boring. I know how to get all the way to the top of the mountain right away. And I got to do it like now. Well, then you're not enjoying the process in between and you become so, this is like, if you had too much earth, you Mm. get so hyper-focused on the goal all the time and it's, it's never good enough and you have to perfect it. And that's where body dysmorphia can start happening or, uh, really bad relationships with food because you're trying so hard to keep everything at a goal-oriented success rate. Mm-hmm. In that case, we have to back you down and say, how can we slow things down? That's part of Earth too. Taurus is is the biggest of the Earth signs that love to slow down. But really, Virgo and Capricorn need to learn how to slow down and enjoy the piece by piece by piece process. So that was going to be my next question. If you find that you have too much earth or it's, it's too predominant, what are some ways that we can kind of encourage that kind of person to slow down and start to enjoy the process? Um, because I would imagine, and this is something I can relate to, although I don't know how any of this shows up in my chart. Um, I'm very driven and focused and I almost like, I won't take a break. I can't stop until it's done. Um, when I really get going on something, right? 
So that's that uh, endurance. Earth has that endurance factor too, especially mm -hmm. the Capricorn part where you can say, Hey, I, I, I'm on the mountain and I'm going and I'm not looking yeah. back. We got to go until we get to the top. Right. A really lovely uh, characteristic when you're trying to reach goals and you're, and you want to be quote unquote successful in what you do, whatever, however you define success, mm -hmm. but I'll maybe turn the, the question over to you. If I ever asked you, Ashley, slow down, what would your response be? It depends on what the scenario is, but a lot of times I could hear myself saying, I can't, I don't have time to slow down. Right. Right. I need to get this done. There's so many other things on the list. So I have to bang it out. Um, well, that goal oriented piece of you is going to just keep going. Yeah. If there was Virgo inside of you, you might start beating yourself up going, I know I got to slow down. I really have to slow down. <laughs> I can't slow down. I am so bad at this. Right. And then that's not going to help you slow down either. Right. And Taurus, if you had a lot of Taurus in your chart, might go, are you kidding? This is my routine. I like it. It makes it feel safe. Don't tell me what to do. I got a system. Don't break my system. Right. Right. So any one of those earth type of signs, if there's so much there, I wouldn't share with the, the person, slow down. That's, it's just not going to work for the earth person to hear that and go, oh yeah, I got to learn how to slow down. <laughs> Instead, I would say, hey, Ashley, what do you like about the goals that you're setting? What, how does it make you feel when you reach them? It feels great. And what way? How do you know you feel great? Um, I don't really know how to put it into words. I don't think it's like a sense of achievement. And where is that sense of achievement in your body? Um, probably heart. Probably heart. Can you really feel it? Like if I asked you to put your I hands think, in your heart right now and yeah, I think it's like this pride. And where right? does pride happen? Is it still in the heart? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Is it a swelling? Is it an expansion? Yes. Yeah. And then I would ask the client to keep sitting with that feeling, right? And to really recognize it. If you noticed when you answered, you kept saying, I think it's this. I think it's that. You kept going back to your head because you have so much air in you. It, mm -hmm. It's an immediate reaction to think about how you're feeling versus feeling how you're feeling mm -hmm. and this is a big part of developing your earth in a healthy way whether you have too little or too much how can we get back into this body and say this is how it's it's playing inside here mm -hmm. and then from there i'd say all right now that we've got this going here and you understand over a time and i don't mean within the first five seconds of answering i mean we work together and we keep diving you through meditation or visualizations back into that feeling of pride, that feeling of accomplishment and letting yourself marinate in it. Mm -hmm. Then I can say, okay, now where is this next goal of yours? What is it? And you'd say it's in, let's just say it's work. And I have X, Y, Z to do uh, along with a zillion other things that have to get done. Cause that's usually the way earth people are like we, we have so many steps and they're all mapped out. And I don't sometimes feel like I know where to start exactly because depending on the rest of your chart, you could be overwhelmed or just too stressed or 
you know where you have to start, you just have no time. So then we start breaking it off into little manageable wins for you. Mm -hmm. What's a manageable win right now so that you can, at the end of that win, you really have to go back to that feeling of accomplishment. And that is the tricky part because most people who have so much air or so much earth in their chart will run straight past that and forget to give themselves the pat on the back to really relish in the moment. Because somehow, as some of my clients have said, they think they're going to go soft if they hmm. spend too much time giving themselves accolades. Like, well, wait, where did we learn that? Who taught you that? Right. We're not giving you a trophy for every little thing. I know that's a thing that people don't like from <laughs> generation just right. past. But that's not what I'm talking about. Acknowledging your wins, acknowledging your effort, and really feeling it helps you enjoy the moment as you go along. And that's what being in a human body is about. It's not about just doing. It's about being. And being is about feeling. So we have to put those back into the equation. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I do work a lot with my clients around this and I call it, I think maybe we've talked about this before, but we try to set stupid, simple goals Yeah, because I feel like in my personal experience, although I get frustrated with really simple goals sometimes, but when I'm working with clients is like, we're asking to make these huge changes in their lives, right? Um, that are very challenging for a lot of people. But if we can make it really easy and achievable and they are building the solid foundation of success and positive momentum each week, before they know it, they turn around and they're like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I never thought I'd be able to do this, you know? So it's like, what do you think you can do? Okay, right. let's cut that in half and let's start there because all that matters is forward progress right? It's not a straight line. I call it the healing cha-cha because we'll take two steps forward, one step back. You know, it's a constant movement. Um, but it really is important to have that foundation built that's solid and it feels successful, right? And to take time to stop and celebrate even the smallest wins. Yes. Yeah. And so I would love to jump in on that part because all those words you just used are earth words, the yeah. solidness, the foundation, the structure, we're, we're taking it in smaller bits to build a solid foundation. Mm -hmm. You not only are helping them with that, but you are a model of an earth quality for everybody that you work for or work with. So that's a good thing to know if you're listening to this and you're saying, well, I think that all makes sense, but I don't know how to do it. That's why you reach out to somebody else, because having that accountability can help you stay on track with that foundation especially depending on what else is in your chart where you suddenly shoom, shoom, your, your air might take you somewhere else. Your fire just wants to burn forward. And as you say, you don't like simple goals. There's a lot of people that just want to blow through it. Give that earth structure over to somebody else who's like your accountability partner, mm -hmm. like an Ashley in your life or a Sandy in your life and say, yeah. okay, little by little, let's do this. And then that part about celebration. So celebration doesn't sound like a very earthy word. Uh, earth, earth signs are very practical. And why in the world would you keep celebrating just because you got up in the morning or you, you did what you were supposed to do, right? You did what you were supposed <laughs> to do. Why would you want to celebrate that? So I would change the language a little bit and say, let's reframe this so that your practical earth 
pieces in you will actually take it in as something that is important. And I look at it as less of the celebration right away. I look at it as an acknowledgement. Mm. Did you take time to acknowledge? Did you pause and breathe into the present moment to acknowledge just what happened here? And then you can learn from it too. Say, okay, we go back to that feeling sense. What did I learn after a whole week of getting up uh, um, and doing the thing I'm supposed to do, right? This plan, this foundation, how did that make me feel? And as, as you have a check-in, that uh, attracts that earth mind or that earth personality that says, oh, I'm doing an assignment here. And it's like research. I experiment. I observe. I feel. I observe again. I write it down. Okay, now I can move on with the next piece. And I can build and I can build and I can build. So that's where the earth can really benefit from is the change of language. Don't try to make it uh, too, <laughs> too airy, do anything else. Just keep it in the earth realm of practicality. And then you're going to get more and more people to go, yes, I get this now. I understand why I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So when we're looking to try to create some balance with this type of energy in our lives, what are some ways that we can do that? Like maybe there's different exercises or techniques or tricks that you can share to help people who maybe are like me. Like I recognize a long time ago that I need structure in my life. I, I don't do well if I have like a, like, oh, well, if I have a goal, I need structure. In general, I'm like, yeah, we'll just go with the flow. Whatever is great, you know? Um, but when it comes to like work and personal goals and especially around fitness for myself and, and health, I need very strict boundaries. So I learned that about myself and I started implementing those. Um, but for people who maybe feel like that and don't, know how to get more earth in so they feel grounded I would guess is a, an earth term yes very what are much. some ways they can do that and for our super grounded ultra practical earth people how can they kind Use of go a little, little bit, bit. Yeah. <laughs> all right so let's first take a visual and the visual is the banks of a river right if you don't have those defined banks or edges to things the water or the fluidity, the flexibility can't happen. It will just spread out. The water, sure. the energy, whatever you want to visualize it as just goes everywhere. So our earth brings in these boundaries. Mm. When you say I've got really strict boundaries on the way I work out, I would question you and say, wait, who taught you this? Where did you learn this? What kind of success did it create for you? And is it still needed? Because sometimes those boundaries happened only because it was a survival technique from something else. Well, and that's an interesting question to think about. I would say I was a competitive athlete, so that's where mine came in, right? I had to be the best at what I was doing, and there was no option for less than so so as a single it. focus you go mm -hmm. you zone in and you know then those tight restricted pieces are helping you reach that goal right uh, and if that's business goal physical goal health mm -hmm. goal whatever it may be 
okay. And if that's still working for you and that makes you feel your best, truly your best in a balance to everything else in your life, then let's keep those boundaries more restrictive. Right. And restrictive, I mean, it's for me, I'm listening to myself talk to this and I'm thinking, is that a trigger word for me? Yeah, restrictive is a trigger word for me. I've got a lot of query in my uh, chart and I think like, oh my God, <laughs> who's going to restrict me? I want my freedom. Right? <laughs> so I would, if you were working with me, I'd say, Ashley, we've got to reframe this whole uh, restrictive word because I'm not going to resonate to it. Every time I hear it, it's going to just, or if I'm going to feel it, I'm going to try to bust out. Yeah. So going back to your original question of what are some of the tools that we can use then after you've defined, well, where are you on this, this linear, if there, if we can make a structure as linear, right? No boundaries over on one side to way, way too tight boundaries where you're not allowing anything. Where are you? And how does it make you feel? And to your point, it might be different in different areas of your life. Yeah. So let's pick the area that you're trying to work on right now before we try to look at the whole life. Because sure. that gets too confusing to people. Well, I'm really loosey-goosey over here, but I'm really restrictive over here. And what do you mean then? Do I have boundaries or don't I? Everybody has boundaries somewhere. Let's find out where we're going to start. Where's the entry point? Right. Now, from there, I would say, what's going to work best? Do we need some meditation pieces? Meditation is fantastic for giving that earth-type boundary because it's a set time, usually. You set your timer and say, I'm going to sit for five minutes or I'm going to do a walking meditation for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then you can start visualizing. And visualization in a meditation helps give you that sense of roots. You can feel those roots coming down if that's the type if that's the way your mind works if you're more of an earth person anyway and you say no i I, i'm not a visualizer that doesn't help me then i would say let's start with the body can you feel your feet can you feel any of the lower extremities can you feel your breathing how does the body contain that breath what is tight in your body and making that breath a little harder to move. So breath work along with meditation, along with that present moment awareness are all helping you develop some boundaries or showing you where your boundaries are way too tight. And I mean that in the sense of as you sit longer and longer in meditation or over a course of time, things start to come up and you say, wow, where did that come from? How did, why did I ever put that boundary in or why am I so restrictive here or so disciplined or so tough on myself? The little critic voice that we started this conversation with can start coming out. Okay. So now what do we do with that to welcome it in? So the next step I'd say is another tool or tip that I use is inviting the critic to sit next to you to welcome the critic in and say, thank you. You're here for a reason. I didn't just form you out of some dysfunction in my life. A critic is important to keep you safe. Sure. To help you achieve, to just make sure that you're awake in this lifetime. So if you can 
imagine like I do a seat exercise with some of my clients where I put three chairs down and I put them in the middle chair and I say, your critic is sitting in the chair right next to you. That critical voice, go sit over there. See how that feels. How do you embody that critic? And I can see their whole posture change on camera. They're like, get tighter. They're like, okay, you notice how that feels in your body? Because that's usually happening at some cellular level. When your inner critic starts happening, your whole body starts to change. Then I ask them to sit back in the middle chair. And then I send them over to the chair on the other side. And I say, this is at your highest level. This is where your boundaries are right on. The critic is just loving and accepting. And how good does it feel to, to ride on the high road? Go sit in that chair. We go back and forth, back and forth through these chairs over a course of practices mm -hmm. and bringing people back into their body. So that's another exercise to do. Um, another tip is something as simple as cleaning. When you know that you have to make a change in your life, why not start with cleaning out something so you feel that sense of control? And I don't mean to take the big project of like, oh my gosh, my closet is a mess. <laughs> I get it all tackled in, you know, one hour. No, say in 15 minutes, I'm tackling the accessory drawer or this week, I'm going to just tackle this piece, but give yourself a, end, a start and an end time. And then some sort of accountability that you can check in with somebody and say, hey, I did this. And they go, yay, good accomplishment. How does it feel? Brings you back into the body, right? Feeling good. I think I'm ready to tackle that next step. Okay, go do it. Check back in with me. Yeah. That's right. And then I can keep going on and on and on, but I'm going to give like one more big one. And that is lists. There are some of us, I, I'm definitely one of these people, even though I can write lists on my phone, I am still a sticky note girl. I have sticky notes like everywhere. And right now I'm, I'm not in my home for a month. I'm working remotely. And so I have this pad of sticky notes that keep following me in this place of today, do this, 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 this hour, do this, this, this. Why? Why am I seeing more sticky notes here than when I'm at home? Because this environment is out of my control. Yeah. This is not my routine. And so list making has become something that gives me structure. But if your list making then starts to get out of control, if I get up off this meeting later and I see five sticky notes waiting for me, I might scratch my head and go, all right, I'm having a little problem right now feeling out <laughs> of control. How do I loosen that up? What mm -hmm. is needed here to help me take those boundaries a little bit? And feel safe and secure in my body. And that goes right back to the nervous system. The earth sign people need to check in with their nervous system. Do they feel grounded and present? Or are they in future mode of always thinking what could happen? Or past mode of what did happen and they don't want to repeat it? Mm -hmm. Can they be here? Can the nervous system relax through breath work, through meditation, maybe through exercise? Maybe getting out in nature, one of the key pieces. Yeah. And not using nature as an excuse to say, well, I have to go exercise. So, okay, check, check. I was out in nature and I got my exercise. No, no just be in nature. 
just to receive the greenery, the fresh air, whatever it is. And then see if that starts settling back into the parasympathetic nervous system where you're calmer. And then those lists don't get to be so <laughs> out of control to control you. <laughs> right? It's kind of strange to think of it that way, but we do it. We do it as a, just a human nature thing to sure. feel safer. Yeah. Makes sense. What about those super earthy people that need to loosen up? What can they do? Same okay. thing. Same different. thing. I would, I would first look at the spectrum again of, mm -hmm. okay, am I super tight? Where am I super tight? Um, I love, I love listening to people that have gone through 360 reviews. Now I personally haven't, but if you've ever, if you're in business, this might be a very familiar concept to you of there's people in your life or that you work with that basically give it to you all. Like, how are you not only in this working environment, but how are you on the uh, human side of things? How are you in your compassion? How are you in multifaceted areas? And then you get this report back, which is huge. It's, it's like a an earth person's dream to read through all this. This is all them here. This is what people think of you. And if you get something like that, you can see from other people's eyes where maybe you're a little tight, where you're being perceived as tight. Mm -hmm. And then you can start asking yourself your questions of how has this served me? An earth person, especially a Capricorn might say, well, this helped me be the success that I am. Okay. So do you like this and do you want to change? Because if you don't, then nothing I'm saying to you is going to crack that exterior. Isn't sure. it's just not going to happen. You have to feel that impetus that there's a reason, a purpose for you to make the change. Is it because you want a better relationship with food, with your health, with your family? What is it? And get real. Don't try to look at, everything in your life. Look at a piece of your life that you think is a little tight there. And now what can we do to loosen? And maybe what we do to loosen is purposely put in some fire to play or to laugh or better yet, make a mistake on purpose. That is probably the hardest thing for someone who is so tight and so sure. concerned about not making a mistake. Sure. So we start small on making a, a purposeful mistake to see what it feels like. We don't go for the biggest one. We can do something small. And then we see how it feels. We talk again. And it usually requires some help. No matter what an earth person thinks that they can do it all by themselves, it usually takes some other trusted source person to guide them through and help them either slow down Mm -hmm. Make those acknowledgments, stay in the present moment, and then make a switch. All great information as always. Um, is there anything else that's important for us to know about too much earth and how that might impact us in other ways? Yeah, I'm going to say I love to go back to this idea with our relationship with food and our health mm -hmm. because... I can speak firsthand when um, I got diagnosed with a, an autoimmune issue. I struggled with understanding what it was that I had, first of all, 
and I have earth in my chart. It's, it's strong. There's it's there. And I'm here to learn how to do earth in a healthy way. I didn't know this at the time I was in my thirties when I got diagnosed and um, I searched and searched and searched because I knew something was wrong. I knew my body wasn't functioning correctly. It was showing me inflammation. And that was that fire that was trapped inside. Didn't know what it was called. That Virgo influence, that hypercriticalness inside me kept saying, I can do this better. I must be doing something wrong. I have to go find this out and learn how to live healthier and change, change, change. And no matter what good I was doing for my body, I always felt like I could do better. I could do more. And I wouldn't stop until I got the diagnosis. I got the label, which is something that earth people can fall into. They need the label. If you hear people talking like my fill in the blank of the, the label, my autoimmune issue, my pain, my whatever, they've owned it. It has become a defining piece of them instead of it's just something that is expressing itself through you. Right. right? You're experiencing this, but it's not yours. Right. Autoimmune challenges were, are not mine. I'm experiencing them. So when I got a label, it was so weird. I mean, I was going to say funny. It's not funny, but it's just weird how minute I got the label, I fought against the label. I kept telling my family members, I don't have that. That's not me. It was like a denial piece, but not denial because I didn't think something was wrong, but because I wanted to fight it. Like I wanted to prove I don't have this. Right. Does that make sense? Like I, I needed a label to prove that I can do without the label. Yes. But it was part of that control piece. I felt out of control and I needed an anchor, a doctor, somebody, a specialist to say, this is what's going on with your body. So then I could dive into research, which earth and my practical mindset was like, Shoom, I'm going to absorb it all. I'm going to learn it all. And then came the fact that I had to change my diet because I didn't know what was being inflamed inside of me. Right. So the earth part of me developed a system right away. The Virgo part of me is really good at, at making organized systems of, okay, we will cut this out. We will do the elimination diet for this long. We will introduce these things this way. That worked for a while. It got me through the, the toughest times of that initial part. And as my body was healing and turning a corner into more of a, a balanced state, I realized it was hard for me to let go. Uh, that goes back to our conversation earlier about my restriction happened because it was successful for me at that moment. Right. And I couldn't let go of that restriction for quite a while because I thought any misstep, I'm going to, the fear base was there. Mm -hmm. And that's the Taurus part inside of me that got really fearful that what if my safety, security, stability, all the things that I know are going to be swept out from under me again. What will I do? Right. So I kept on this. And then little by little, through meditation, through reflection, through the recognition of what's really happening and a lot of help from outside people that were more experts in this area that 
could walk me through this feeling piece. That's when it, that's when I turned a corner. That's when I start loosening up and saying, I think I'm ready to try what it means to step out the lines now and to expand those boundaries a little bit. And each time I would do it, I would pause, I would reflect, I would feel so that I could do it again and again. And yeah. Again. It was a whole mind switch in order for me to be in the body in a healthy way. So again, I'm, Every time we talk, I'm more surprised how similar our stories sound because that's exactly how I ended up here <clears throat> doing what I do. Exactly the same. I knew something was wrong. I wouldn't take no for an answer. I kept getting dismissed. I kept digging and digging and digging. Got the diagnosis. Was like, there's got to be a way for me to fix this. I'm not going to live with this hanging over my head. And I talk about this a lot with my clients. I, I, I think um, diagnoses are really dangerous for so many because once you do identify with something like an autoimmune condition or whatever other condition you're being diagnosed with, you can't heal from it. it once it becomes your identity, you, can't, you cannot separate yourself from it. So there's no chance of true healing. It's starting to recognize that there is space there and that you're right. You are just experiencing this condition, right? This is not part of me. This is just what I'm experiencing or going through at the moment. It's not a permanent thing. Right. Well, for some people though, some people, it could be, it might be, it might be for the rest of their life, but does that mean that's them or it's still the experience right. of? Right. And so I guess for so many, there is the opportunity for true healing, right? Like a type two diabetic, <clears throat> if they identify that way, and they just kind of throw their hands up, What they don't have a whole lot of hope. Um, but if they can say like, oh, my body's responding this way because of X, Y, Z, but if I make these changes, maybe I don't have to experience this imbalance in blood sugars anymore. Um, so that mindset piece is so important, especially around these types of conditions that that people are dealing with. Um, I'm gonna I'm going to piggyback off of what you're saying here because Let's say I know some clients that will have something that has been chronic. Maybe they were born with it. Maybe it came later in life, but regardless, they've owned it now. And they will use the language of my diabetes, right. my chronic condition. And when I bring that to their attention, that they actually are using that language, what I've gotten back usually the first time out for most of those clients are semantics. Sandy, doesn't mean anything. Just because I say my or I say I'm experiencing it, same thing. Like, have you tried it? Have you tried talking as if it wasn't yours that you own? Right. Just an experience. Try it first, then come back to me and see. And so usually clients will try it and they're like, okay, awkward at first. They didn't realize how many times I actually say it, which is interesting again, yeah. because whatever we tell ourselves our body is responding exactly in that way. So I still think if you do say my diabetes, had it since I was who knows how little, I always had it, so it's my diabetes. Okay, you can still make a change. There is still hope. Mm -hmm. I would just challenge you to say, what do you want to change? How can you dream up a different way of, of thinking about what life in the future could look like. 
and then take control over what you can because that's earth again. Yeah. What you have control over, what don't you have control over, and then go from there. So, again, I, I caution there's a lot of um, my background that people had told me in my training, like, do I call it magical thinking, like suddenly the disease is going to go away if we just talk differently. I'm not one of those. I'm, I'm far more right. practical. It's, there are some things that are just, you're going to experience for your lifetime. Okay. But you're experiencing them. So what do you want to do? What control do you have in the experience versus owning it as if there's no other way. Right. And I can't be more clear than saying, take two people that look at the same disease or the same condition differently. And you see that their life quality of life, very different. Yeah. So where I, do you I want agree? To exactly. You can't just wish it away, mm -hmm. right? That's not how it works. Um, but mindset makes a huge difference in the way that we experience anything that we're going through. And right. so that becomes really critical in the healing process, no matter what we're talking about, what kind of issues or conditions. And to that point too, there's some people that have done all the right things. They spoke it, they they did the the, the pieces that they can control and things, it still ended up with them dying or sure. them getting worse. And that's why I, I want to stay really practical here that when we go we take this back to astrology, all I'm trying to show you is that there's pieces in your chart that can help you um, experience life differently. Sure. It's not going to get rid of all the pain or all the conditions or whatever, but boy, there's people like you out there that you have inspired others to make changes so they can feel differently if they want to try it, not drag the horse there and see if they'll, <laughs> they'll drink from the well. It's if you're ready and you want to try it, Ashley is a great resource. If you want to know why you're not even wanting to try it, Come let's let's look at your chart. Yes, <laughs> there's some stuckness, right. and then you can make a decision of yeah, well that's just always me. I don't ever want to change. Okay, then my job is done. I I showed you some parts. I I held up the mirror and you said, yep, that's me. I like it and I don't want to change. Okay, right. we go. That's it. But I think it's a great tool to just know where the Earth is in your chart, where it's not in your chart, um, how to activate it a little bit more, or how to balance it a little bit more. Makes really good sense. And so we're going to be heading into Taurus. Yes, soon, we are. Right? We, are. So we just finished up in that April or into that area season. Mm -hmm. And that got us right up into the Taurus season. This Taurus season is about slowing things down. It's about creating those routines and the rituals and the rhythms in your life. So you can say, this is or isn't working for me. Slowing down for many of us who have other pieces of our chart that are asking us to go full throttle at stuff is a hard concept to learn. But this is the season to practice it. You're supported. That's all I can say is if you don't believe in astrology, try following some of my suggestions on which month to try different things and see if like, oh yeah, I did feel like trying something new and starting new things during Aries. And during Taurus season, I now can make a structure around it and a foundation around it. And I could get into the cooking and I, I can, I remember I'm just thinking out loud of 
people tell me when they're in a, a Taurus season, what's called the progress moon time of Taurus, they will uh, tend to gain weight because they just want to eat all the time. There seems like food centric is, is related with Taurus. And that's because of the senses. Now, Taurus is a very sensual type of, of sign. And it's asking you to, to turn everything into an experience that uses all of your senses. Hmm. And that food is one of the best ones for us. We can smell it. We can taste it. We can feel it as we're making yeah. it. Right? It can do so much. We hear the sizzle. We hear the chopping. We, it's right. so beautiful. Again, we just want it in a healthy way. Right. So use this Taurus season to get out in nature, get your hands dirty and dirt, actual physical earth, or get your hands on some vegetables and, and other cooking things and really uh, alive in your senses that way. Um, tune into meditation, tune into how to just sit and absorb or notice what is around you. Um, that's a great, great time. It's one of my, I've learned to really, really, really love Taurus because it is such a big lesson in my life. Um, so I would love to hear like, how about you, Ashley? Are you, can you take some of what I just said and say, oh, I could see how I can get into that. Yeah, I, I do. I've always said I'm either like full throttle, hundred miles an hour or zero, um, which is pretty accurate. So I think I can toggle pretty quick, easily between like hardcore fire, like full steam ahead and like really carving out time to sit and be still and be silent and quiet. It's something that I feel like my soul craves. Mm -hmm. um, I really do feed on like big energy and that like gets me like really pumped up and excited and like ready to go mm -hmm. um, for a certain amount of time. And then I hit a spot where it's just like, okay, I've been burning the candle at both ends for far too long. And I really need to take a step back and just kind of sit I don't, I'm not going to do anything. And so I don't know, I've never really paid attention to what kind of um, seasonal pattern that follows, but it's interesting because I'm at a point actually right now where I'm like, okay, I've been really going pretty hard for the last eight or nine months. And I really need to just take a step back and just let things settle, like let the dust settle, just take a breather for a second, you know, <laughs> regroup. Um, so I don't know. I've never really thought about the food part. I like to get outside. I, like if I need to get grounded, I'm going to walk barefoot in the grass, even in the, even in the freezing cold, I'll go outside barefoot, um, or in my house barefoot on the hardwood. So Perfect. that's like, I need to get into that sort of like physical grounding, other things that work for me, uh, like for people who maybe feel like I can't sit still, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but lifting really heavy weights used to be my way to get grounded because um, it was like different than all the running and like the crazy intense, like fire type workouts. But I was feeling really kind of like in my headspace too much or maybe too airy. I don't really know if I have the right words for this. But if I would go do heavy back squats or um, I love Olympic lifting. So if I would do a heavy clean and the barbells hitting me in the chest, that would force me back into my body, right? 
um, I had no choice. I had to be very present because if I missed that, that lift, I could hurt myself. Right. So I couldn't worry. I, I it had no time to be up in my head thinking about past, future, what ifs, blah, blah, blah. Right. I was like with the barbell, it's a whole cold, hard metal in your hand, that impact, you know, on your body. Um, now I, I'm more into yoga. <laughs> um, I still do love lifting, but kind of to your point earlier, that really intense, like strict training wasn't serving my body. And so right. now I'm exploring lots of different ways to kind of move and stay active. Um, and dancing is one of them. Yoga is a great tool right now for me. Um, so I think as I get older and have more maybe wisdom and experience or have created more awareness, I'm able to to shift some of my grounding techniques to maybe more balanced, healthier ways of grounding. And that's um, such a great point right there is that you just, you took time to slow down and recognize and then you can yeah. shift and change. Well, and you that's just, always have to, it's that that's the mutable part of astrology is to shift and change, not yeah. constantly linear, like a cardinal energy that goes or a fixed energy that keeps putting on the brakes, but we need to have all three. We need to be able to put on the brakes a little bit, mm-hmm. slow it down or stop completely. Right. Look around, have some choices to, to move different directions and go, okay, wait, maybe this is working this. No. Okay. And then go straight ahead again. Right. right. And we keep cycling through those three modalities in astrology. If you can keep that in mind, that's a good balanced state. But to bring it back to Earth, I mean, oh, heck, we're doing it from April until May, from April 20th, I think it's April 20th, May 21st, I think this year, I have to check for sure. But it's it's no surprise that Earth Day lands during an Earth season, Taurus. It mm-hmm. is about getting back into this grounded present state. Yeah, I love it. And I think we all benefit from being there. So thank you again, as always a pleasure. And I appreciate you sharing your insights and your knowledge and all of your wisdom with everyone who's tuned in for all of you who are listening. Thank you for being here and we will see you all next time. Thanks, Andy. You're welcome.